This show is sponsored by Alicia's Pillows and Things. Check out the Facebook page, Alicia's Pillows and Things, where you will find home decor you will not be able to resist at prices anybody can afford. Check out the pillows and stools of your favorite sports teams. Maybe you want a set of your kid's favorite cartoon or movie character. You can also get full body and neck pillows as well. Log on to NGSCSports.com and go to the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab on the homepage to complete your order. It makes a great gift for Christmas at an affordable price. NGSC Sports. We never stop. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. Silly season. This is this is how it be. This is how it roll, bro. This is this is how I rock. This is how I roll. This is this is how we do. Uh, how this thing goes. I was actually uh, before we get started. I was uh, you know the ACC tournament is this week and into the weekend, uh, mm-hmm. and of course without fail this will be the hottest weekend of the year because Jesus. God, you're not kidding. That's just how it is. Like Jackie and I were like, "Hey, you know, it's Memorial Day weekend. Maybe we go check out the ACC baseball tournament. Like, maybe we go on Saturday, like, because they're play the semifinals, catch two mm-hmm. games. That'd be fun." And we looked at the weather; it's like high of ninety eight, and we're like, mm, "Oh wait, it's gonna be one hundred and fourteen degrees." May maybe not, mm-hmm. maybe not. <laughs> maybe we find the inside activity. Yeah, wow. I'm just like, I just never without fail. Whenever the ACC baseball tournament rolls into town, it's the hottest weekend so far of the year. It just... I mean, it kind of makes sense. I mean, because you're finally getting toward the summer, obviously, as it gets here. But, yeah. I mean, you know, like I saw today, the average temperature this time of year is 82. And it's going to be like 95 all weekend. Yep. It's like, what the hell has happened here? I'm pretty sure, like, next Tuesday I saw it's, like, going to be 100. It's like, oh. I think so, yeah. Cool. And I'm hoping we'll have a little cool down. I'm supposed to go see Hootie next Friday night. And I'm not trying to go see Hootie with it being 92 degrees. And, and of course, because it's North Carolina, it will be 147% humidity. So Yeah. Well, see, and that's the thing. You know, like, people have been like this week, oh, man, it's been so hot. I'm like, no, it hasn't, you fuckers. Yeah. I'm like, we've had no humidity this week. Y'all stop bitching. It's about to get hot. Yeah, that's actually true. It hasn't, it hasn't been as bad as it could be so far. No. Man, I've always been freaking great this week, man. Every time I walked outside, now granted, I walk outside at 7 o'clock in the evening hmm. from work, but I mean, every time I walked out, I'm like, oh shit, like yesterday I came home at 7.15, I was like, shit, I'm going to run. This is great. Hmm. Yeah. Whenever yeah, I've the left. Day from... was, yeah, the day was freaking spectacular when I walked out. Uh, yeah, because I, I leave around 5 every day, and it's like, yeah. it's not bad. 
it's it's a little on the warm side and yeah i would i would like my car to start to have some ac in it but other than that it's fine yeah i mean but i mean everybody it's like no wait till the end of the week yeah that's when hell is coming and it's coming for all of us oh it is (sighs) is. and it's already caught some of us yeah it's caught it's caught some of us but hey cool off with the newest edition of the foreign affair podcast you know that because you can't listen to it outside you have to be inside because that's we don't have that kind of technology that we can listen to it outside oh crap yes we do welcome (laughs) welcome to the afford affair podcast episode 263 i am edward green rejoined by mccallan crime Wes Bradshaw, uh, we have a great episode for you today. Um, we will, not not much actual soccer, like as far as matches to talk about, so I'm sure we'll talk a little bit, since we weren't together last week as the Premier League oh, ended, we can talk a little bit about how that all came to an end. Um, and then, of course, we'll hit the news and notes, a big week of news and notes, uh, with some insane stories coming out, uh, not just this week, but also last week as well, that I saved because we wanted to get uh wes's thoughts on um and hey i didn't even put this one on the docket and i had completely forgotten this was even a thing uh apparently fifa is not gonna have 48 teams at the 2022 world cup hooray common sense one out sort of i totally forgot they were thinking about that and i was i like saw the news today and i was like what i thought that wasn't supposed to start until 2026 it's like, yeah, but they thought about doing it then, too. They're like, oh, that's right. They, want, they wanted to do it. And then they were like, oh, wow, that would be a terrible idea. Almost as terrible as having the World Cup in Qatar. <gasps> in the winter. Well, they're still going to go through with that part, at least. But we have more news and notes to come besides that. Uh, and, of course, with the Watch 4 and maybe So Raw. Uh, maybe not. Oh, no, I wanted to hear about that money in the bank. Money. Uh, I, uh, I haven't had time to even touch money in the bank myself. But do you know, do you know, who, we'll do we'll do you know who has we'll the money in the bank? Yes, I do. We'll okay. do something. We'll do something. <laughs> Good, because I saw a lot of memes about money in the bank. Yeah, oh, we'll oh, Vince, Vince, Vince. Um, so we hit that uh, at the end. As always, we are presented by NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. We never stop. Uh, as well as Lacey's Pillows and Things. Uh, if you need a big Brock Lesnar-sized pillow, but not with Brock Lesnar on the outside of it, but rather your favorite football or basketball team, check out Alicia's Pillows and Things. She has some great stuff on, on Facebook, as well as some deals on NGSCSports.com. And Wes, for the first time, I get to drop the new promo on you because you weren't here last week. Um, so Wes... I gotta ask, do you have Roku TV? Shut up, it doesn't matter. 30 million others do. To get it, visit Roku.com or you can pick up the remote at Best Buy and others. If you have or get Roku TV, search The Ultimate Sports Channel for free sports programming. Here's where you can find them. The website is ESGSportsGroup.com. You can find them on Twitter at Nasha underscore sports. Facebook is also uh, Nasha Sports as well as LinkedIn, Pinterest, and Instagram. And on YouTube, you can find them via Mark Heatherman. That's the Ultimate Sports Channel on Roku TV. Thanks, Ultimate Sports Channel. Woo! Oh, see, this is what happens when you give me a reader. I can I don't have to make up a bunch of shit. 
like Brock Lesnar body pillows. Oh, Jesus God. Uh, if those are there, I want them. Uh, I was, yeah, me too. Me too. Brock. Brock. Mm, anyway. Um, so let's, let's jump from uh, one trash fire to another. The end of the Premier League season. Um, yeah. We th- obviously, we talked about it last week. Um, obviously for Manchester United, it was a bit of a trash fire losing to Cardiff to nil, the best kind of trash fire. Uh, man, I'm so glad they gave Solskjaer that contract extension in the middle of the season. Oh, that was great. Um, but of course we also have to talk about Manchester City winning the title at 98 points, Liverpool falling one point short at 97, uh, Chelsea finishing third, Tottenham finishing fourth. So those will be your Champions League teams. Uh, Arsenal could join them uh, if they win the Europa League in uh, in about a week's time. They finished fifth, and Manchester United finished uh, back in sixth. We'll say, and uh, due to the FA Cup, oh, I did it. We did. I guess we could decide to talk about it. Uh, FA Cup. Manchester City destroyed Watford six 0 Raheem Sterling almost had a hat trick, but they gave one of the goals to Jesus, so he didn't actually get a hat trick. It, it was really close early. Yeah. Until City scored, it was really close. Yeah, it was close for the first twenty some minutes, and then it wasn't. Um, so, so we we can roll that into our talk about City a little bit in the Premier League because City does pull off uh, what is a historic treble, I believe, for the first time since the early nineteen hundreds. Um, a team pulls off the treble. I, I don't remember the team. It's on the tip of my tongue. It starts with a B. And I'm just totally forgetting who did it. Brighton, Bolton, one Blackburn, Blackpool, Burnley. One, one of those cool. No, I don't think it was Burnley. But one Barry, of those clubs. Barry. Boulder? Bar- Burton. <laughs> it, um, yeah. I'm pull, kind pull. of running out of beats at the moment. Those are just beats off the top of my head. So. Point is, Manchester City did uh, get the treble. Uh, and, and closing what is a remarkable season. And, and one of the highlights was, after the FA Cup trophy presentation, uh, Pep Guardiola lecturing Raheem Sterling on, on the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> I was just, ah, never stop teaching, Pep. Never stop teaching. Never. Never. Um, because, because Pep just can't let the guy who was arguably the best player in the league this year just no, have a moment. No, no, can't. Absolutely impossible. Uh, so, Wes... Um, <clears throat> Again, you weren't here last week, although we did have Anfield Corner from you. Um, but I just want to talk about, obviously, a, an insane finish to the season. City having to win, not just get a result, but a win in 14 straight matches to win the title is a feat that we'll maybe never see again to win a title. Um, and and I, I've, I've struggled a little bit in thinking... Which title race is better, uh, this one or the one from about six or seven years ago when it was the two Manchester clubs uh, that also came down to the final day? And and I think from maybe a historic perspective, there there was uh, and and with City not having done it in such a long time and always being the underdogs and and dethroning Manchester United, who had been such a dominant force. The the the... noisy neighbors come good. Exactly, the noisy neighbors. That'd be a great title for a documentary. Um, So for them to do that and and to win it the way they did, that that is going to be a special title chase that will forever be known in legend. 
But this title race was just two heavyweights punching each other week in and week out and saying, no, we got three points. Now we got three points. No, we have three points. And and the unrelentingness that both teams showed this year is is something that has to be commended. And I don't know, you know, I said this last year when City scored 100 points. I don't know that we'll ever see anything like this again. And then City almost did it again. Um, and I was thinking, you know, just back, hey, if they had won their first match against Liverpool this season, they would have actually hit 100 points again. That's Or if they hadn't lost to Newcastle, they would have actually beaten the record. So it, it's bizarre to think about. So I, I don't want, I don't know if I should say we'll never see anything like this again because football keeps proving me wrong. But what an amazing season. And as sucky as it is that Liverpool comes up one point short, just one loss on the entire Premier League season. What an incredible run by an incredible team. And that's why I can't figure out if I'm horribly disappointed yeah. or just, you know, stand up and clap. Um, yeah. Both? It is both. It is both. I mean, you know, in the past, let's put it this way, some of the narratives <clears throat> that have been associated to Pep Guardiola, mm-hmm. uh, some of them completely shown through this year, the overthinking of the Champions League, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the fact that once again he's, you know, lecturing Raheem Sterling yeah. after winning a treble, whatever. Um, but some of those other narratives that we've talked about in the past and that we agreed with have kind of fallen to the side. You know, we'd always said, well, you know, Pep's always wanted in a runaway. He's never had any real pressure to have to win the title. Mm-hmm. I mean, this year the pressure was absolutely insane. They had to win 14 mm-hmm. straight. I mean, no room for a slip up, no room for a draw, a draw. They lose mm-hmm. a draw. They finish second. The treble's dead. You know, they lose the title. They had to win 14 consecutive matches. And that's why at the end of the day, all I can do as a Liverpool fan is just stand up and say, good job, City. You earned it it 101%. Liverpool didn't lose this title. No. 97 freaking points. 97 points. One loss. And their only loss was one nil at the home of the eventual league champions. Mm Mm-hmm. Only loss on the season. I mean, <clears throat> Liverpool just threw one of the most incredible Premier League seasons in his, obviously in history. One of the greatest seasons in English football. They just threw it out, and Manchester City just did them one point better. Yeah, um, City. The the difference came down to even though a few more losses, City were able to turn some of those draws into wins. And this has kind of been the hallmark of some Liverpool things in the past. Just a few draws where you know, maybe they should have won matches. You feel they should have won matches. Um, the nil-nil at Old Trafford, mm-hmm. when it was right there for the taking. Mm-hmm. Um, the draw at home with Leicester, where it was there for the taking, and somehow we just, it was one of those days where it just the ball wouldn't go in the back of the net for us. And, I mean, that, those, that was the fine line. That was the fine line that did it. Yeah, and, and I think one of the the other remarkable things about this City season is, and, and I know we've kind of talked about this a little bit, and because this is the first time since the United Clubs in, I think, 08-09 and then the 09-10 season, that a Premier League team has gone back-to-back 
in the league for the title. Um, there's something we've talked about, you know, how, how tough it is to do it back-to-back years. Uh, there's something we've talked about before with Bill Simmons, where he talked about, in, 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 granted, in basketball, but the disease of more, where after you win a title, it's so hard to get that same group of guys to buy back in to to making that push again the following year. You know, say what you want. We're, we're seeing it a little bit almost with the Boston Red Sox a little bit this year. Not that there, there's attitude issues, but just that it's so hard to replicate that. And And for Manchester City to have the highest point total ever in the Premier League and to come out and have and not because last year was kind of a coast. This year, to put up a nearly identical point total while being chased down the entire way by a team equal to the task is mind-blowing how he got them to do that. And and we like to rip on Pep a lot. And, you know, we just did again with the whole Raheem Sterling thing. But that is one of the great managerial jobs I've seen in the Premier League. That was... the, the Last year was great. They got to 100 points, but there was very little pressure the last two, two and a half months. Of the, or, well, I mean, you could almost argue the last right. like half of the season almost. Well, the pressure was just against themselves to yeah. hit the mark. It wasn't anyone chasing them. Right. Uh, but here, to do that with Liverpool wanting this title so bad, having never won the Premier League, in air quotes, title, having obviously they've won top flight football before, right. just never the quote unquote Premier League title. Um, with that pushing them on to to get this group together well now what is a very talented and expensive group let's not forget but to get that group to buy in for a second straight year and and have this kind of a season is remarkable to me absolutely um you know all all I could think about for the last week um was Obviously, we've been on our big end game kick. Everybody knows it. All I wanted so bad was on the last day of the season for that moment where Thanos being Pep Guardiola says, I told you I am inevitable, <laughs> and snaps his fingers and nothing happens. And then um, Jurgen Klopp, who obviously is Robert Downey Jr. here, <laughs> looks at him and says, oh, yeah, looks at him and says, I am Iron Man, snaps, and Liverpool win the league. Mm-hmm. That's all I wanted. That's all I could think about. I was like, oh my God, this is going to be the greatest meme of all time. Hey, for like 30 seconds, you almost had it. Yeah, I think it was a total of 83 seconds. We <laughs> yeah, had that's it, right. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, man, you know, uh, in-game ended because that's how the writers wrote it. Mm-hmm. You know, the Premier League season ended like it did because Man City took it by the throat and just wouldn't let go. Yeah. So, um, I mean, like I said, man, at the end of the day, all – all credit in this world goes to Manchester City because they did they did what no one should have been able to do. Mm-hmm. And they did it clinically and it wasn't a bunch of flukes and this and that. You know, I think I believe they only trained in those 14 matches, I think they only trailed for like that 83 seconds. Probably. If I'm not that's, mistaken, that's I don't think they had to come back in any of those matches. They were they led in all of them. They left they, a couple late, like the, yeah, the one where our company were, scored, were, but they were never behind. They were right at that point, yeah, they were never behind except yeah. for those 83 seconds, and they immediately answered. Yeah. So I mean, what can you say, man? City, they were inevitable. Yeah. And they got it done. So so this was obviously Infinity War. 
We're next year's yeah, this, end game. Next year's end game. Next year, you know, we've got to see. Uh, we've got to see. You know, um, Sala just. He's got to. He's got to be Black Widow. I think he's got the. He's got to be the one trying to hold it together, and then they all come back, and you know, maybe we lose somebody along the way, and, <laughs> and others have to step up. Uh, James Milner prepared to make the ultimate sacrifice. Oh my God, stone. Millie! Millie would so be the one who would jump for the soul stone. Uh, I'll do it for the good of the lads. <laughs> Give me my cup of tea, but, and I will jump. But who will take penalties then? Oh my, someone will have to step up. Oh man, that's great. So, I, I didn't put this on the on the rundown. I'm, I'm kind of throwing this out there just because it came to me. And then and then we can move on to news and notes because that's that's about all the Premier League wrap-up. Um, what would you say it was your most surprising team of the Premier League? And who was your most disappointing team of the Premier League? Um, most surprising... <sighs> I'm actually pulling up the Premier League standings to well. No, I'm going to tell you. Uh, I, I I could almost go in a way of saying that my most surprising and disappointing were the same team because I mean it was just so damn surprising and disappointing for United to finish sixth. Yeah, I mean we'll start. So we'll start with United. Obviously, United to me were the most disappointing, even though I was not disappointed personally. Oh, when oh no, no, no. <laughs> But, I mean, just from their expectations, finishing second last year, mm-hmm. going out, spending big, you know, bringing in some more guys. Um, everyone, you know, there was there was a clear top four, mm-hmm. and it was City, United, Liverpool, and Tottenham. Mm-hmm. You know, it seemed coming in this year there was a clear top four of who was going to finish. Now, how they finished, who knows? You know, people were saying Liverpool may be the one who could push City, which mm-hmm. they were. But, you know, you figure at that point, well, you know, United and Tottenham would battle it out for third and whoever didn't would finish fourth. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, just for the for the first half of the season meltdown. Mm-hmm. And then the resurrection were suddenly a little like, okay, you know, okay, well, United's going to get back in. They're going to easily finish here in the top four. And, you know, it'll be okay. It won't be a lost season for them. And then for them to go on a meltdown that made the first half of the season look rather positive mm-hmm. uh, that meltdown to end the season i mean wow who could be more disappointed and on top of that now they've given the job to ollie yeah they're they're stuck with him um they're about to go into one of the biggest summer transfer windows in their recent history because i mean they've got to do something mm-hmm. and you know you're hearing these rumbles that you know they're gonna they're gonna try to replicate their class of '92, and you know they're gonna reinvest in mm-hmm. British players, and you know uh, build from the youth, from young British players, and through the academy. You're sitting here, you're like, I mean, that's a great idea, but you're Manchester United, and you've put yourself in such a shit situation. And on top of that, now apparently Ollie has offered the the um captain seed to Pogba. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, what is going on here? Mm, delicious. So I mean it, it's it is absolutely it, it is absolute insanity right now around Manchester United. And as someone who can't stand Manchester United, I'm very excited for this summer because I think it's all gonna blow up in their face even more <laughs> than it has. Um, and the way that 
City and Liverpool have put their squads together and are continuing to. The core that Tottenham has, Tottenham are kind of sitting there like, you know, where's this going to go right now? There are a lot of questions around Tottenham, even going into the final here. You know, okay, June 1st, we're good to June 1st. What's going to start happening on June the 2nd with Tottenham? Mm. I think is kind of a, could be a nervous proposition for a Spurs fan. Um, but, I mean, I would still feel more positive at Tottenham than I do at United right now. For United, I mean, where the hell are you? Yeah. You know, you're, they are miles, miles off of those three other teams. And I don't care if Tottenham finished fourth and Chelsea finished third. They're they're closer to Chelsea than they are to Tottenham. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, um, well, I guess on a given day. Tottenham's just, Tottenham's weird. I can't figure Tottenham out. I don't think anybody can figure Tottenham out right now. Um, but, but I mean, really right now, Liverpool and City are their two biggest rivals. And right now it is literally, you know, to take one of our tobacco road, United is NC State yep. and, you know, Liverpool and City are Duke and Carolina. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it'll obviously take more time of it happening like this for it to be totally like that but it's almost like oh yeah hey little brother you're relevant you're you think you're relevant down there because you're not relevant to us yeah you know you you might you can play you might be able to play us tough but um you know in the long run you're you're not a threat and that's just where sit that's just where united sit right now and it is a god i mean it has got to be just destroying United fans like on every club. Yeah. I mean, to, to see your, your cross-town rival, the noisy neighbors, have become the dominant force, and your most hated rival are the only ones who are anywhere close to them, and they're playing for Europe. <laughs> yep. You know, so you're going to see four trophies go through this year, and there's a good chance all four of them are going to your most hated rivals. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This is... This is a nightmare scenario for United, and I and I don't disagree with you that they were massively disappointed this season outside of that brief six-week window where Solskjaer first took over. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with, for my biggest surprise, I'm going to go with a happy oh. surprise. I'm going to go with Wolves. Um, I, I, I think we were all pretty high on Wolves coming up, yeah. and, and we liked them, but to half the kind of season they did, they were, they, they finished seventh, I mean, they, they were closer to United than United was to almost third place. So that, that does say something. Um, but I thought Wolves played really well. They played a lot of the top teams really well, which I think yeah. bodes well for them. They spent money, and they spent money really well. They didn't just come up and, and not buy people. They they invested, and it looks like this summer they're going to invest again. So I'm very happy. And, and, and unlike Fulham, they seem like they invested with plan. <laughs> You're going to get to that in a minute. Um, but yeah, Wolves, I was super impressed by them and their organization. I, I hope they stay up for a while. I hope they don't turn into another Southampton. I don't think they need to because I don't think they have to be in a position to sell off their good no, players. They, they've, got, they've got money. Right. So I think, I, I think and I hope that Wolves could be around up in this top half or and, and maybe even challenging for the top six uh in, in the years to come. So that would be really good to almost make it like a top seven. So that would that was my biggest surprise where even though I was high on wolves, they even surpassed my expectations of how they, good they would do this year. So that was that was really good to see. Um 
My biggest disappointments, uh, I thought about Everton because uh, they finished behind Wolves and, and they keep spending money and they keep, they brought in Marco Silva and and they were fine, but they're just, they're not progressing. And and, and I, I, I'm seeing no growth from them. They keep making changes. They do look a little better, obviously, than they did under Sam Allardyce and all that, but it's, it's still just not coming together for the investment they're putting in. I also thought about, as you mentioned, Fulham. Fulham was horribly disappointing. We thought they might stay up. They spent a lot of money, and it just didn't work out at all. Andre Sherl was kind of a bust. Uh, Ryan Sissignon might be coming over to Tottenham now because of that. Hey, hey, hey. Um, and, and they just... They just did not impress at all. They were so bad on defense, so very bad. They have the most goals in the entire Premier League. They they were just bad, very bad. So, but they were they like were still like by a lot. They, yeah, I, I believe I heard the number. They gave up like okay, so like the team who gave up the most goals last year mm-hmm. in the Premier League, Fulham mm-hmm. gave up like fifteen more this year than they did. Yeah, I believe that. That was yeah. they were really bad. I mean, Fulham, Fulham shipped something like 83 goals, and like the the team who shipped the most last year shipped like 68. So, mm-hmm. yep, Fulham. Yeah, Fulham. I mean, they yeah they, they made it like a, a a game to see how many they could give up. Over. They were they were they were incredibly terrible. Um, but my most disappointing is actually going to be Bournemouth. I I've been waiting for this team to make a big push. At some point, they play a very fun style. They play a very aggressive style. They do give up a lot of goals. Um, I believe third most in the Premier League this season. Um, but they also score a lot. They they will actually play with the big clubs. Sometimes they're a detriment, but they will actually try and go after them. Eddie Howe's a good manager. But, but they seem to almost be stuck in neutral or even regressing a little bit. And and that worries me for Bournemouth. Um I, I was really excited about this club for a couple of years and they just, they just haven't grown at all. And so I think that that's my disappointment in a season where we saw wolves really exceed when we've seen a club like Watford still being pretty good and finally get a little bit of stabilization with, with their managerial situation for once um, to watch a club like Bournemouth just kind of languish in the bottom half of the table is is really disappointing. That team should be better. I hope they do some better investing this summer and and start building up that defense to support their offense. Because I mean, again, the offense is there. Fifty six goals this season, the most out of anybody outside the top six. Like this team can score, but they need help in the back end, and they need it fast. Um, but so they're they're actually my most disappointing. I mean, obviously Fulham was really bad, but I, I think I, I have high hopes for Bournemouth. I want to see Bournemouth succeed and they're just not doing it. And that's very disappointing to, to me. So can I, can I give Bournemouth just a little, a little pass on this? Sure. Go ahead. You're, you're still, I think we've gotten used to Bournemouth, like being that team that's about to explode or that we feel is, mm-hmm. I mean, this is still a team who I think right now for Bournemouth, as much as they want to aim higher, the fact that as small a club as they are, the fact that they're staying up consistently in the premier league, mm-hmm. um, I think every year that just kind of builds and builds and builds and kind of gives them a little more of that base. Okay. Um, and, and one thing for Bournemouth that I will give them is, you know, they are, 
they're showing some ambition. I mean, they're not they're not spending forty million pounds for players. Mm-hmm. They they don't have that. But you know, they do look like they're trying to build a good young base, a good young core. Mm-hmm. Where you know, I, I think we want to see Bournemouth maybe challenge for a top six spot. I don't know if that's Bournemouth. I don't know if that's ever mm-hmm. gonna be Bournemouth. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if Bournemouth turns into a team that finishes in the the eleven to seven range every year, yeah. I mean, to me, I think that's big time. I would like to see, yeah, and that's where I'd like to see them because I think 17, 16, 15, finish this year in 14th. Um, and, and just again, I, I just I want to see that defense get better. They're so fun offensively and they score so many goals, and it's so exciting because on any given day, they they can just score three on one of the big six and and, and play yeah. with them, and it's so much fun. And I just I want to see them play some semblance of defense to go with it. So, but yeah, they had, they brought in, they, they had Nathan Aki on loan last year. They brought him in on a permanent from Chelsea. So, and, and he was good. He's, you know, like most of this team, an offensive threat, maybe a little more so than defensively. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think Bournemouth is building something. I just, I, I want to see that promise turn into something better. And I and I think they still can do it. I'm just I'm I, I feel like there is that possibility right now that they are stuck in neutral and they're not uh-huh. moving forward. And I I, I want to see them keep moving forward, even if it's just a little bit. Like like mm-hmm. get to get yeah. to that tenth spot. Get get yeah. to there. I'm not I'm not asking you to break into the top six, right, but just right. just just get up to like tenth. And and, yeah. and and we'll start to and we'll be okay, Bournemouth. So <laughs> I still love you guys. I'm still up the cherries, but I just I just want to see you guys do a little bit better. But that is oh. mine, and that will uh, that will do it for our Premier League talk. Uh, of course, at some point this summer, hopefully before the start of the next Premier League season, we'll do our grades. So we'll we'll have see the, you at the end of July. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, we we kind of have a shtick here, and that's probably that's probably one of our greatest shticks. Oh, it is. <laughs> we have it takes a lot of time to do those grades. Um, even though I have, I already have City's grade in in, in my head. I know what I know what I'm giving City. Ah, that'll be an interesting podcast. Um, so let's hit the news and notes. Uh, first story, and this is one of the first two. Now, whereas a holdover from last week, and this was a big one, uh, this coming from Daily Mail, Paul Pogba's move away from Manchester United in doubt after agent Mino Rayola is handed worldwide transfer ban by FIFA. Uh, Rayola, who is also, uh, of course, an agent to the great Zlatan, um, and is mentioned a lot in his book, that's how we know him, um, has, is an agent to a lot of people, but FIFA, because now they're getting all... Big and bold has decided to send out a a worldwide transfer ban. Um, and initially, it was just for the Italian FA, but now it's over the entire world. Um, and so, basically, he basically can't do business for I think at least for three months, um, as well as I think his brother Vincenzo Raiola for a period of of two months. So, this is of course one of those things where now he can't do any business. For basically the entire transfer window. Because so let's say the rest of May, June, July is like two months. So maybe August. Now granted the Premier League transfer window will still close at the beginning of the season. So not a lot he'll be able to do there. 
this is one of those things where he controls so many players that this could be a big deal. Now it could also be where, you know, much like when a manager gets sent to the stands in a Premier League match and there's absolutely no way that manager can talk to his assistants and make sure the right moves still get made on the pitch. Absolutely no way that happens, of course. Um, I'm sure there's no way Rayola can uh, can get around this, but he did add, I will seek justice against this injustice. Sure. And for freedom of speech in every legal court possible to me as my main task is the interest of Italian football. Um, but of course, the big part about this is... Uh, Rayola is attached to Pogba. Pogba, even though, as Wes mentioned earlier, has been given the captaincy potentially at Manchester United Jeez, as bait for him God. to stay. Uh, it does look like he might be on his way out. Um, but this could maybe play a role in actually keeping him there. So United, once again, through no what's the opposite of fault of their own, will keep one of their best players in the transfer market. I mean, to me, it just seems like, you know, if if you have to, like, bribe the guy to stay yeah. by saying, okay, well, we're going to make you, you know, we're you're going to be the shining example for the rest of our squad. <laughs> I mean, oh, my God, this is just, oh, I mean, this just has so much potential to completely blow up in their face. Hmm? I mean, I, 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 I'm, I run out of words for United sometimes. That's all I can say. I just, I run out of words for United. Yeah, so we're we're gonna have to see how that happens. Uh, Rayola also uh, is uh, is a has as a client Matias De Ligt, who was looking to go to Barcelona. That might also not happen now. Again, we'll have to see just how much of a effect yeah, this ban has. We don't know. And again, it, who there? I'm sure there are other people who can get the job done in Rayola's name. So we'll see how much teeth this has. But, again, this would run until August 9th, which is the day after the Premier League transfer window closes. So this could play a role. If Pogba doesn't leave, this could be a potential reason why if Rayola isn't able to grease the wheels, sometimes needs to be done to get a deal through. Um, So we'll have to keep our eyes on that. Um, Also, talking about deals... And, and and some some bands being handed down. Um, so this comes from the New York Times. Uh, UEFA investigators set to seek Manchester City's ban from the Champions League. Um, and this is back to we've been we've been talking about it for months. Uh, the financial fair play regulations and and what have Wes and I always said? At, at some point, FIFA you have to do or UEFA you have to do something or your rules are meaningless. And it looks like there is a chance that they might finally do something. Um, UEFA looks is going to look to get Manchester City banned. Uh, City has put out a club statement that said they're full in full cooperation uh, with the ongoing investigation, uh, but that um, they still don't believe that they've done anything wrong. Uh, UEFA seems like it almost seems like, and, and the details are very long, and we've kind of been over this before. But it almost seems like right now what City's actually getting in trouble is more is less the crime and more the cover-up. That they didn't actually provide all the necessary documents and evidence to UEFA during the investigation. That's what's really getting them in trouble. Um, it's also come out that because I believe we're only about a month out from the first 
set of qualifiers starting for next year's Champions League. Um, if this did go into effect, it wouldn't go into effect until the next Champions League season. So the the 2021 season. Um, but still, Wes, this would be... I mean, City fans already think UEFA's out to get them. If they knock them out of the Champions League for a year, this the the fallout of this could be devastating. And if something, and I hate to say it, and I because I don't want to see it, <laughs> but if something could push towards a Europa Super League, this could <sighs> be something that does it. Ugh. It's gross. Feel icky. Well, and here's one thing, man. I, I personally, I don't want to see City out of the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, per, I mean, truly, I want to see the best teams in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. And City, obviously, are European elite at this point. Um, you know, I, I love the I love the story that, that, you know, they can't get past it. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's like, I don't want PSG to not be in the Champions League. PSG's like a great form of entertainment every year when they screw up eventually. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's fantastic. What's there to not like about it? So, um, so, you know, I, uh, I don't know, man, but I would, I would almost, I would much rather see like a transfer ban against city. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would, that would do me much better than, you know, kick them out of the champions league. Um, I just, you know, I, I don't, I just I would hate to take that squad out. It's such a good squad, and they deserve to be there. But at the same time, man, something got to be done because you know the 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 way they're able to put this squad together where others aren't able to. And here's my thing: if there was unfettered free agency, basically, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, if we didn't have financial fair play, I'd say more power to you know you spend what you spend, you do what you do. I mean, every everything's fair game. Mm-hmm. But I think the biggest issue that people are having is that we're told that there are these rules. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing different teams getting popped for these rule violations. But then the teams that seem to be the most outrageous and are, you know, the most flying in the face of these regulations are somehow getting away with it. Mm-hmm. You know, the PSGs, the Man Cities. So I think that's where everybody's so damn pissed off about it, myself included, is, you know, you're telling. You know, you're telling AC Milan that they can't go spend. If they don't do this, then, you know, you're going to slap them with these bands. And here's sitting PSG over here. And it's just like, guys, uh, no, (laughs) you know, don't do that. But you can do it. You know, it's like like Deadpool. Don't kill him. Pull the trigger. (laughs) You know, so, I mean, I think that's where the frustration really comes in. Yeah. Is if this was a uniform... I hate to throw this out there because I don't want to see it, but a salary cap. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. As much as the NFL just grates on my everlasting nerve, the NFL and the NBA, they have made the salary cap system work. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can quite do that in soccer like they do in the NFL. Cool. you want to talk complete ruthless and cutthroat? Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it's worked for those sports. It has, it has given you more of a form of competitive balance. Mm-hmm. Um, now that said, you know, you, you start talking about that, and we'll go back to the Super League thing. 
because the last thing that the Real Madrids and the Man Uniteds and the Cities and the PSGs of the world want is competitive balance. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, they don't want the Leicester story to happen, you know, be in play every year, every other year, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think everybody looks at it, oh, man, that was a great story. Okay, okay, back to the status quo. Yeah. You know, I don't need to see it again now. Um, you know, I don't think that they suddenly want to see the um, West Broms of the world coming back up and having a real chance to win the Premier League because, you know, they got a salary cap guru or something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just, it's such a, it's such a fine line, a fine margin. And I think then the fact that you've got, you know, you've got different federations when it comes to UEFA, especially, you know, I mean, it's not just the Premier League. Um, it's, it's Spain, it's Italy, it's Germany, it's France. Because the thing is, you know, the Premier League handicapped themselves this past year by giving themselves the early cutoff date. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, if the Premier League tried to put something in like that, suddenly you're handicapping your teams in the European competition. Now, that said, we said they handicapped themselves this year, and there's four standing, and they're all, oh, yeah, from England. But anyway, <laughs> um, so, you know, maybe this year it didn't hurt so bad, but it's just with so many federations and so many different leagues, mm-hmm. it's it's impossible to get something uniform. Yeah. And yeah, I think I they've tried. I think financial fair play is it's it's a good idea on paper, but mm-hmm. the problem is when it comes time to enforce these things, mm-hmm. when you're dealing with the nation state teams mm-hmm. and the ones who, you know, I mean, when you're dealing with a level of corruption that we are dealing with, it um you know, it, it doesn't give you a lot of hope that the right thing is gonna be done. Yeah, I I think that's the biggest issue we we've come out of this is like City and PSG have been fined before a fairly insignificant amount for yeah. breaking. Uh, for I mean, the, every every amount for them is insignificant. True. Um. So I I think at some point you have to actually say if you if you want to have these rules, you have to eventually say okay no we 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 have to put some sort of detriment in place to make sure you don't keep breaking this rule and and there's two options you you either go the transfer ban route or you go the actual expulsion from competition route and i I agree with you in that it would be bad to see city get knocked out just because they are so good and that they are and they they are good for the competition on the flip side i think at, at some point a big club has to be the example that you just can't do it because if if you do it to I, I, I don't remember what, what Turkish club did if it was Galatasaray or or Başakşehir or whatever. Uh, um but one of them and then like you said one of the Italian teams. Yeah, you can do it to the small clubs and, and but that doesn't mean the big clubs are gonna stop doing it if you just find them. They're gonna keep doing it until they see that there's real and massive consequences to doing it and so either and so that's why i think either at this point you have to follow through with this and start banning teams from competition or you just have to get rid of the rule because you're never going to actually enforce it properly so right yeah and and i think that's that's the position uefa has put them in themselves in um and, and this this is where we are now and and again, I would hate to see City get knocked out 
of the Champions League for this. But it, at some point, UEFA has to take a stand and say, these are our rules. If you don't abide yeah. by them, we're going to punish you. And True. and maybe maybe this, this actually wakes City up and by extension wakes PSG up and other clubs and says, oh shit, we actually can't do this anymore. Yeah. I don't think that's going to be the case. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. So that's that's a big one um where where we're not gonna side maybe so much with uefa is in our next story this now starts stories of this week (laughs) yeah um we we don't like arsenal here on the podcast not none of us really like arsenal here we we really like to make fun of them even arsenal fans i don't think really like arsenal that much. it's true i've seen arsenal fan tv uh, <laughs> but i think we can maybe all get behind arsenal in in this case um they will be playing the europa league final against chelsea in in about a week's time in baku azerbaijan which we've been kind of making fun of for since the Europa League announced that they'd be doing it this year. Um, but now it's taken a very real turn for the worse as because of uh, political leanings and with uh, Azerbaijan uh, being in almost constant conflict with Armenia, Henrik Mkhitaryan, yeah. who plays for Arsenal and is from Armenia, is electing for his safety and for the safety of his family to not travel with Arsenal for the Europa League final. Um, this sucks. Uh, Mkhitaryan is one of the important players in Arsenal's squad. Um, he has earned the right to play or at least be on in the starting 18 for Arsenal in, in their Europa League final. That is the only way to get them to next year's Champions League. Um, and for him to miss it because of, of this is, is a terrible thing. Um, and, and unfortunately, people have said, well, you know, should, you know, should Arsenal boycott the match? And then it's mm-hmm. like, well, then you give up your chance at Champions League football next year. And right. it's like, well, what if Arsenal and Chelsea both just boycott the match? Then what happens? Mm-hmm. Um, that's, uh, that's a good question. It would probably go to Arsenal because Chelsea's already in the Champions League uh, due to their yeah. standing. Uh, some people have said, what if we moved it to Wembley? Because, you know, these are both London clubs. You know, yeah. let's just let's just have it there. Um, and, you know, that that does make sense. But also, I mean, plans have been in motion for a long time. And that's yeah, I mean, at the same time, that, compl- that completely dicked Azerbaijan. <laughs> yeah. Who, 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 who bid, who had to bid for this. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, you know, this is a bidding process. Yeah, and, just like you know, the, uh, so, the World Cup. I mean, so they're totally out of whatever they put in. And, and then, not to mention that only 12,000 tickets of these 69,000 plus that go to the stadium were allocated for Chelsea and Arsenal fans combined. 6,000 per club. So that means, oh, yeah. 60, yeah. let's do some quick maths. 69 minus 12 is 57,000 left over for other people, I guess. Um, this is, you know, as, as the CNN article puts out, uh, UFS core principle on their respect, social responsibility campaign, which positively promotes inclusion, diversity, and fo- accessibility in football is everyone has the right to enjoy football, no matter who you are, where you're from or how yeah. you play. 
and that kind of flies in the face of that. Um, it, it, I, I understand that UEFA's, I guess, trying to grow the game as FIFA is around the world. And I guess some you can't always have it in Italy and England and France and Germany and Spain. And I get that you have to move it around, especially the Europa League one. Mm-hmm. Um, but to, to put it in a region that is in conflict as it is, like I'm sure they gave, they put up a lot of money in their bid, but I feel like not that UEFA is ever big on doing the right thing, just like FIFA. Cause Hey, again, that world cup in 2022 is going to Qatar. Um, it, it's disappointing that this is the result of them giving it to a country that does have these sorts of conflicts. That would not be the case in other countries they probably could have selected. Yeah. Um, you know, Klopp, <laughs> because Klopp is Klopp. Klopp um, had some disparaging comments about the final being in Azerbaijan. Um, part of his was, you know, God, you know, how, how do you get there? <laughs> yeah. You know, after his team, after Liverpool had to go to Kiev last year for the Champions League final, mm-hmm. um, and if you go back and, you know, read some fan experiences, you know, Kiev was great once they got there. Getting there was the battle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's very difficult to travel that way. Um, so Klopp, you know, kind of made his feelings known. He said, you know, I just, I think it's a little, I think it's out there. I'm paraphrasing him obviously here, you know, but he said, I think it's, it's out there. It's a little far out there. Um, you know, it's not easy for the fans to get there. Uh, it's, you know, I just don't think it's a, I just don't think it's um, in the best interest. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, the Azerbaijan FA president hit back at him and, oh, you know, he doesn't talk about it. And yeah, they talk about the inclusivity and all that stuff, that's that's like their key word here. Is, mm-hmm. Oh, we want to be all inclusive. And, you know, I mean, that's good. That's great. That's grand. But, and, and yeah, you know, it sounds like they have the facility, the actual facility for mm-hmm. it. But, you know, where's the infrastructure, man? Yeah. Um, I mean, it is brutal to get to. I, I think, I don't think there's a direct flight from London. I doubt it. I don't believe there's a direct flight from London. I mean, God, it's London. How can you not get a direct flight to like anywhere from London? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it it is going to be very difficult to get there. The the ticketing thing is, God almighty, you want to talk about a joke. I mean, so that means those other 50, what do we say? Mm 57,000. I mean, those go to, you know, sponsors and freebies and I guess some general admission, but I mean, how many people are dying to go to Azerbaijan? Not many. I mean, it's one thing if you're giving it to a bunch of sponsors and you're saying, hey, you know, Barcelona, or you're going to Madrid, or hey, you're going to London, or Paris, or, you know, Munich, or Berlin, or somewhere like that. On a Wednesday, no less. Yeah, you know, or Milan, or something like that, but, or Rome, or something. But, I mean, you're talking about going to freaking Azerbaijan. Yeah. And I just I don't I don't know how they're going to make this stadium look good. Yeah. I mean, how are you gonna fill out a sixty nine thousand seat stadium when you've only given the traveling fans, you know, twelve thousand tickets? And 
then, you know, I think the Azerbaijani FA guy said, well, you know, the real fans, you know, the real fans will get there. They'll get here and they'll be blah, blah. It's like, well, you know, Chelsea and Arsenal have plenty of real fans. Mm-hmm. But apparently only 6,000 of each can go. You know, you don't think that they would get a lot more, a hell of a lot more of those tickets? Because they would. So, I mean, it's, to me, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's laughable. Um, and it's kind of where we are because, you know, as we found out with FIFA, UEFA ain't far off. Yeah. That rules everything around. And, and hey, just reading this real quick. Um, the other two choices besides Azerbaijan for this year's Europa League final was Sevilla in Spain and Istanbul. So just just to throw that out there, there were two other options. Uh, next year, it will be in Poland. Um, so that's mm-hmm. at least a little better. And then in 2021, it will come down to, again, Sevilla and Georgia. Jesus. Not the United States, Georgia. The, the Georgia, which is sort of barely in Europe. We're not talking Athens. No, this is this is Tbilisi. Uh, and by the way, as you said, next year's uh, Champions League final is in Istanbul. Oh, I didn't know that actually. Yeah. So, because uh, they actually they actually uh, <laughs> I want to say let me let me go back here. Um, uh, quick note: uh, Azerbaijan also bid for this year's Champions League final. Could you imagine? Oh God. Could you imagine? That, that, I'm shocked they didn't get it since we're back there. That would have been our damn luck. Yeah. Yeah. We go to freaking Kiev and Azerbaijan and that would have been freaking nail. It would be very Spursy to have to go to Azerbaijan. Oh, God. Spurs be like, hey, we're used to this shit. <laughs> That's true. So, so we usually come here on a Thursday. What are we doing here on a Wednesday? What is this? Oh man! I mean, there's just there's so many parts of this, and oh man, I don't know. I'm I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to the match. Don't get me wrong, um, but I just I'm I'm glad I'm not having to go to. It's all I can say. Yeah, and unfortunately for McTarr, not one I want to go to. Not able to go for, and that is a travesty. You Uh, know, there's a little precedence to this. You know. group stage of the Champions League when Liverpool had to travel to Red Star, you know, we didn't take Zern Shakiri mm-hmm. because of pretty much the exact same. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there is a little precedent for this. Who knew the Baltic states were so fucked up? Well, they're huge fans. So. Yeah, that's true. Well. Anyway, um, another player who will not be making the trip for entirely different reasons uh, is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Uh, because Ugh. he ruptured his Achilles tendon for Chelsea, uh, playing, and I, I <coughs> can't believe this is happening. Uh, play was playing in a charity match for Chelsea in New England after the Premier League season ended, like last Thursday. I well, now apparently uh, this is an annual thing. That, so this isn't anything new for Chelsea. Uh, uh, they they've done this for quite a while apparently. Uh, it, it's been to help grow their footprint in the United States, and I mean they've been doing this for God. I almost thought I heard someone saying like twenty years almost. But the problem was they were playing on turf. Oh God! I want to say they were playing on turf is what I heard. 
Hmm. And that is, oh my God. Yeah, that's that's just a travesty. Yeah, but you know, whenever whenever fans throw out, you know, well, you know, I don't understand why when they come over here in the summer, they don't play their starting 11. This why don't is they just why. Play guys? This is why, you know, every, every time they walk on the field, mm-hmm. whether it be practice, whether it be a walkthrough, whether it be the Champions League final or the day the Premier League's decided, Every time those guys walk on the field, they basically put their career on the line. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's something you hate to think about, but, I mean, you know, as a former you know, high school football player, by all means, you know, everything can end in one play. Mm-hmm. Careers end on one play. You know, one bad turn, one bad step, everything can go – it can go bad. So, you know, no matter what you think, every time they step on the field, they're taking a chance. So, you know, it's almost one of those, you know, they're taking a chance, but then you don't want to give it a reason that the chances increase, mm-hmm. like playing on turf. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's what it is, I guess. I still feel like I scheduling this between the end of the, the Premier League season and your Europa League final. I'm sure that was done months in advance, but uh, that's just really weird timing. But, mm-hmm. hey, whatever. That's that's just me. Uh, more Chelsea news. As we, we, we mentioned that there there's a pretty big transfer ban coming up here for Chelsea, and, and that could be part of it. Uh, but we all thought, well, they're they're gonna they're gonna they said they're gonna appeal this. They're gonna send it to the court of arbitration for sport. And somebody asked the the court, like, "Hey, have you gotten this Chelsea thing yet?" And they're like, "No, we we haven't heard anything from them." So I don't know. Um, some people have thought that Chelsea might just be like, "Well, we haven't seen the court actually change that many verdicts." So maybe we should just go ahead and start our transfer ban now rather than actually go through it, not be able to do any transfers this summer, and then it gets extended actually for the next winter and then next next summer as well. So in that case, it looks like this Chelsea ban will be here to stay, which then when you hear the reports that, hey, Maybe Maurizio Sarri is out the door, which would be kind of insane, but might happen. Um, and that they might still have to replace Eden Hazard. Um, Christian Pulisic is is absolutely through. Um, they can re- return all their loanies. That's fine. But they might not be able to get uh, Iguain and I think Kovacic on, on permanent deals because of this. Um, but this is this is a really big deal for Chelsea as they move forward. If they do lose Azard, and God knows when that'll actually happen if it does. But if they do, this is this is a very important time for Chelsea because they're gonna have to finally look internally for their answer instead of just buying people and then sending like forty seven guys out on loan. They're gonna have to do it from within next season. Man, all those long guys are gonna get a chance. Oh, the worst thing! <laughs> all, all forty-seven. <laughs> Josie Mourinho is rolling in his grave. Oh man, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it'll be interesting to see a Chelsea squad next year. You know, but that said, I, I wonder how much, if there is a transfer ban of coming in, I wonder how much Chelsea's going to let go out this summer. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's going to be the other big thing. You know, I mean, it could just, ugh, God, I, I know Chelsea fans are hey, It could just look a lot like this year mm-hmm. with just a few different guys. Um, you know, probably losing Hazard and mm-hmm. Pulisic coming in. Um, but, you know, how comfortable would they be moving some of those guys who they probably want to move out of the first team if they're not comfortable being able to replace them? Right. You know, and I'm just I'm just waiting for Danny Drinkwater to replace his uh, impact <laughs> It's coming. Don't it's worry. Coming. You, you believe so? Um. And now we're going to finish up uh, news and notes with some coaching news. Uh, a couple different stories. Th- this one is a little bit surprising, um, but is is sort of slowly turning into another PSG situation where, yeah, you won the league again, but you didn't really do much in the Champions League, so thanks, but no thanks. Uh, Massimiliano Allegri is gone from Juventus. Uh, he will not be retained after his fifth season at the helm of the Italian Giants. Um, he's won his fifth straight league title. Um, I believe they also won the Italian Cup. Oh, no, they didn't. No, they didn't. They actually got knocked right. out by uh, Atalanta in, a, in an earlier round. Um, good on Atalanta. Can't wait to see them in the Champions League next year. Oh, yeah. That's a great year. Um, but this is this is one of those things where they lost to Ajax in the, uh, the round of eight. And... There hasn't they they made one final I believe under him maybe two, uh-huh. um, no was he around for that first final against Barcelona? Um, no, wasn't it? Was um maybe he was because I think it was Conte and then Allegri came in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I think it was him. So so he's been to a couple <laughs> finals. Uh, but yeah, just hasn't yeah. actually busted through and won. Um, <clears throat> Which, I mean, to his, I mean, not to take anything away from him, I mean, who has, I mean, I think both of them were against Madrid. So. Mm-hmm. Well, one, I think one was against Barcelona and yeah, one was against Barcelona Madrid. And one against Madrid. So, I mean, shit, you know, you lost to Messi and Ronaldo. Yeah. So did everybody else. Mm-hmm. And so did everybody else. Yeah. And then, and then with Ronaldo, he couldn't win it either. <laughs> Um, so that was, that was unfortunate. Um, but it is, (laughs) but it is a rough go of it, uh, which of course does open up the door maybe for sorry to come take over Juventus. Um, or maybe Pochettino. What? Why is this a rumor? Um, but so there, there is some big news coming out of, uh, Juventus, um, that, that is the move they are going to make at the end of this season. So. That was that one. Um, other news: uh, Vincent Company, the company that's what we we we've named our group after. Um, he will be leaving Manchester City uh, after I believe winning ten trophies with the club um, and just having an amazing career from them. Even though the last parts there have been uh, woefully plagued by injuries and somewhat ineffectiveness, but then again, he did also have that amazing goal against Leicester which helped them win the Premier League. Um, he will be heading over to his old club, RSC Anderlecht, the Belgian Giants, uh, where he will be a player coach, 
So that that is an interesting move. He will be a player coach. Um, so I'll be I'll be interested to see how that works out. And uh, if nothing else, hey, if if he does, you know, get hurt, he can at least still be out there and doing things with his players. And I'm interested, Wes, to follow and and see how well he can do with what is a strong, <clears throat> maybe not on the full European scale, but with a strong domestic club in Anderlecht. Right. I mean, he's he's kind of he's kind of almost following the mold of his now former coach, Pep. He's mm-hmm. walking right into the best job in the country. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's going to be some pressure to succeed right off. Um, Thankfully, but, he doesn't have to win the Champions League. Right, right. He doesn't have to win the Champions League. He's going to have some pressure to go and win the uh, to win the Belgian League. Mm-hmm. Uh, no doubt about it. But, um I just, I just have a feeling that company is going to do well. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's going to become Pep mm-hmm. 2.0, but um, I, I feel he'll do well at him. So I think he, he's walking into a good job. It's a good situation. And he's you always know, seemed it, like a very smart player. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard to really mess that up. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So. It could happen. I mean, Mourinho could go blow him up in three years. Hey. Uh, God, he'd win the league at least once. Henri almost got uh, Monaco relegated. So That wasn't all Henri, though. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Henri, Henri stepped into a uh, five-alarm blaze and just instead of bringing water, just brought gasoline with him. Uh, which was the uh, which was, which was the club one of the Neville brothers went to in Spain and did really cool. Uh, Valencia? Yeah, I think that was it. Yeah. 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 Get me. <laughs> yeah, Phil Phil coaches women's football, so there you go. Um and then finally back to the Premier League. Graham Potter will be taking over at Brighton Hove Albion after Chris Houghton uh got the sack at the end of the Premier League season. So yay, Graham Potter in the <laughs> Premier League. Hooray, good good for uh, you. You know, Chris Houghton, um, to his credit, I mean I was a little surprised to hear they fired him. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you know, being a, they kind of fell off by the end. Of the, but, I mean, the fact that he's kept bright, he got him up and now has kept bright in the Premier League for two years. I mean, you know, this is Brighton and Hove here. It ain't, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like we talked about Bournemouth earlier. I think you're doing a hell of a job to keep a club like that up. Mm-hmm. When, obviously, your resources aren't what others are and, uh, so, you know, eh. it's one of those things where you're definitely taking a gamble where, where you want to show your ambition, but does that ambition get you burned and, and eventually sent back down to the championship? It's, it's possible as a, as, as a wise yeah. man once said, yeah. careful, Icarus, careful. Um, and I agree with that, but I think he was very solid to keep him there, but if Brighton may be showing some, you know, ambition to maybe take a next step. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe they felt Chris Hewton was the guy who solidified us. And now, you know, we're going to take a chance to take the next step. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, it, it'll all come out in the wash. Yeah. At the end of the day for them. And, you know, we'll, we'll, I mean, we'll see after the next, the right uh, call or the wrong call. 
Oh yeah, we will. We will know oh, by yeah. the end of next year. We oh, will yeah. know. I mean, if he finishes anywhere but three other places, you know, maybe. Ah, just just don't don't get relegated. Um, so that'll do it for news and notes. Let's hit the watch for Wes. What are you watching in the week that was or the week that will be? Brother, I've not had much TV time this week, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still slowly, slowly working my way through season six of Justified. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing really to report there. Um, I am making my plans. I'm about to hit my big seven days off, making my plans to go see John Wick three. Oh, yeah. Which one is that one? Par- Parabola or Parabellum? Parabellum. Yeah, say? yeah. Okay. Is that how we're gonna say it? Okay. I mean, it's John Wick three. That's all. <laughs> that's all I need to say because John Wick and John Wick two are just the shit. I still haven't seen two yet, but one was one was <sighs> amazing. One was amazing. Two wasn't as amazing as one, uh, story base wise, but two was still really good. <laughs> um, and I, I've heard three. I've heard three is actually better story wise than two. Mm-hmm. So I've heard three is actually a little closer to one. Um, and not to be a spoiler, but it sounds like there's all there's also going to be a four. Yep. So um, yeah. Keep that money train rolling, baby. Hell yeah. And I will I will totally go see John Wick. <laughs> so, John Wick is my boy. <laughs> He's all that uh, boy. That's the one I'm definitely looking forward to. Uh, other than that, um, I, I, I've continued earlier this evening before we, uh, before we recorded. Uh, I've continued uh, the, once again, the tour through the Marvel movies mm. uh, with, my, with my parents in tow. Mm-hmm. As tonight we did Iron Man 2. Oh boy. Which, you know, Mickey Rourke was mm. Mickey Rourke was a pretty good bad guy, actually. Mm. Um, that was our first introduction to uh Natasha Romanoff. Ah, Natasha. Um so uh you know, she was Natalie Romowski or something <laughs> like that. I can't remember exactly where her name was. Can I have one? But, uh, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean she was by the way, she was freaking great. Yes. In that in that role as like the undercover assistant. <laughs> so uh you know, it's um, it was it it was good. It, I, I'm really enjoying gold, especially now knowing the ending, knowing all the little to look for, and <sighs> yeah, and especially with Tony Stark, just seeing the, you know, I, I've seen the evolution of his character, but now I'm going back to God. He was a fucking douchebag. Yeah, yeah. He's especially in this one. He goes he goes through some like alcohol problems in this. Yeah. One. Well, and especially like even my dad, who my dad of people when it comes to movies but when this started he kind of made a comment that i had to think about for a minute he said so at the end of the first one why did he tell everybody that he was iron man <laughs> and i kind of bawled over so i was like because he's like the world's biggest egomaniac and he couldn't stand people not knowing that yeah. he was saving the world yeah i'm like now that i really sit and think about it for a second that that was the entire reason because he couldn't stand someone else taking the credit for him mm-hmm and once again, we're seeing that here in Iron Man 2 where, you know, at the end of it, Nick, uh, Nick Fury is talking about the Avenger project and it's, we want Iron Man, but we don't want Tony Stark. And he's, you know, he takes such, such offense to that. And he's like, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he can't stand the fact that he's just not getting the credit for it. Right. 
and then once again now when I know how it all is, it's like God, he came he, he he came so far. It's a character arc. It is a character arc that is almost as good as anything. I I still love somebody put out the picture. Uh, They showed the lines from the Avengers where uh, uh, I think something uh, like Cap says to Tony, he's like, you're just a man in a suit who's not uh, who's not going to lay his life on the line. He's not going to be the one that climbs onto the grenade and make the that kind of play. And, And Tony goes, well, everything you are came from a bottle and then you see uh cap lifting thor's hammer and and tony doing the i am iron man snap and it's like wow (laughs) wow wow we came a long way baby big stuff so so, i mean it's it's really fun going back and watching yeah boom red sox one and 13 hell yeah hell yeah after we blew another fucking four run (laughs) it's fine um but yeah so that's kind of what i'm watching you know uh john wick and because nothing else ever touches it just going back to marvel (laughs) there you go um i i am caught up on this season now of brooklyn 99 oh oh what an end that is uh oh oh that's suicide squad that is uh that is fun that is fun that not not the Suicide Squad I was expecting, but uh, when once the that the group was revealed, I was like, "Ooh, this is this is gonna be fun." I not the spoiler for me. Is there any chance I see Hitchcock or Scully in um? Yeah. Oh what? Jesus God! No, no, wait. What did you say? I you I you kind of trailed off. I heard Hitchcock and Scully. Is there any chance I see either Hitchcock, Hitchcock or Scully wearing uh, hot pants like Harley Quinn? Oh no. no. Well, there's an idea that I would have floated. There you go, <laughs> guys. Get on that for next year, because nine nine will be back next year. So yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but yeah, great, great season. Oh man, this is this is a fun one. So. And then, hey, Archer starts back in a week. Yes, fi- it does. The final Archer, se- 1999. The final season. No, it's a, is, it, is this the final? I thought they were doing one more season. No, I think this is season 10. I think this is it. Maybe. So, this 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 might be it. We might We might have to deal with losing Tony Stark and Archer in the span of about two months. So, womp womp. But, uh, yeah, Archer starts back in a week with Archer 1999. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, speaking of 1999, um, I bet I bet Vince wishes it was still 1999 with the Att- Attitude Era. And, and well, people, hell yeah, Sunday was printing money in 99. And, what? And, and people liked the, the product instead of... Instead of everybody hating on Brock Lesnar for getting what? Oh man! Hey, uh, what? And then there was the whole story that came out this week about the. I, I, I'm so sorry. I'm forgetting her name. Um, I will try to look that up. Um, is there anything? It's. I know we're doing kind of like a very abbreviated so raw. Is there anything you want to talk sorry, about in WWE? Um. God Almighty, man! I, I didn't, I didn't even 
I, and suddenly it popped up that Brock won money in the bank, and all I can do is just shake my head. Yep. It's like, you know, just when it seems like maybe we're moving on for Brock, no, nah, it draws back in. You know, a, a rematch, give him a rematch with Rollins. That's fine. That's cool. You can work on that. That'd be cool. But, oh, man, now to give him money in the bank. I mean, if nothing else, this does give, you know, some amazing Heymanism time. Mm-hmm. And Paul Heyman's just Paul Heyman's just a beauty, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful man. Not physical, but you know. And just giving him more mic time's awesome. But Brock with money in the bank just yeah, as Thanos said, I am inevitable. Yeah. And that's I mean, Brock is like the closest thing there is to Thanos. Yeah. Brock Lesnar basically is Thanos. But the problem is you don't have enough freaking Avengers. Yeah, that's true. But you don't have enough Avengers. <laughs> so, or Avengers that people care about. You know, you've got a lot of like, oh, who do we not care about? <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, anyway. That's just kind of how it is, man, you know. Um, and, you know, you, you just you, you just happened to bring up 1999 the other day to a podcast, uh, Bruce Pritchard's podcast, and they were – they went through Stone Cold Steve Austin 1998-99 mm-hmm. and just recapping about how hot everything was then and how into it everybody was and how big the product was and you know going through basically the feuds that Austin did for two years and it was like holy shit man that was so good that was such good TV that was such good you know uh, pay-per-view now I'm not saying it was all good because mm-hmm. it wasn't there was a lot of filler shit on there but the thing was, the top of the card and other parts of the card were so good that you could overlook it. Mm-hmm. And that's just what you're missing right now. And it's not that you don't have guys who work, because you do. But um, <clears throat> you just you don't have the storylines that are just grabbing people and dragging them. With and, you know, it's not must-see TV anymore. Um you know, with Austin, it was, you know, it, it was Steve Austin was such a huge personality. Oh, and then you also had The Rock. Right. You know, who's obviously one of the biggest stars in the world. Uh, and you had Mick Foley. You had Triple H in the ascendancy. Then to top it all off, you had Vince McMahon as just the maybe maybe the greatest heel of all time. Mm-hmm. And every week you had to tune in because you didn't know what was going to happen next. And right now, that is just not it. It's just not how it is. And I don't want to go into a long spiel banging on WWE, but Brock Lesnar getting money in the bank of the then what's going to happen? What's going to go crazy this week? I mean, because I, I cannot see any scenario where Brock Lesnar does not succeed in cashing. Yeah. I mean, he's Brock freaking Lesnar, and, and he's going to come down and cash in after some it's gonna be too easy, but you know, I don't know. Maybe it'll shock us. I just Vince McMahon is so just loves having brought Lesnar out. Um, to everyone, please, um, please go out, and I'm actually gonna send this one particular one to you, because uh, this is actually the tweet that somebody sent out uh, that I actually um, 
found out about money in the bank because I wasn't paying any attention to it. I didn't even really know it was happening. Uh, and then this is how I found out this, this great uh, Twitter account called at Simpsons WWE, which just mm-hmm. puts out Simpsons wrestling memes. Um, so I am actually going to send this one to you because uh, this is this is one how I found out about uh, Brock Lesnar becoming um, the the money and the bank holder. So let me just get this and let me send it to you because it's a, it's also a classic classic Simpsons bit interwoven in there. So that's pretty great. Um, but yeah, money in the bank it it happened and hey, at least. At least there was something else incredibly shitty that happened on Sunday night, so Money in the Bank could fly under the radar. <sighs> Game of Thrones. Oh, I I gotta <sighs> tell you, I'm just and I'm I'm not gonna go on a huge rant. I'm I'm so happy. I had to hear for eight years about. Oh, but Edward, you you you're you're a huge nerd. You you love the. The sci-fi, and you—you you love the fantasy, and you love Lord of the Rings, and you love dragons. Why you would—you would love Game of Thrones. You would absolutely love it. And I'm like, no, I—I I, I wouldn't actually. I—I I know I wouldn't. It's—it's it's, this is not a show for me. I'm—I'm I'm quite content to not watch this show. And I had to have people tell me for eight years that this was my show, and to see it, what in what has been now termed an, an omni shambles. And a and a, a giga fail at the end here. No no one has ever failed this hard at the finish line. And it's I'm I'm drinking it in like the most delicious stream of tears of people crying about this show. And I'm just I'm so happy. I'm just I'm just injecting their pain right into my veins like heroin. It's it it makes me feel so good. So so happy and so alive to hear people complain about this show. It's I, I love it. It's so great. Well, the thing is, from everything I've heard, like you said, what was it, eight seasons? Yeah, eight seasons. Apparently, like the first seven seasons are just fantastic. I've heard I've heard seven is okay. Six, okay. First six are like really good. Seven yeah. is fine, but you can start maybe seeing some cracks, and then eight just shits the bed. Yeah, I mean, apparently there's like a petition that's been signed by like three quarters of a me. Like yeah, petitioning HBO to like yep. re, re yep. and re-air like the entire final season. Yep. Like, no, do not leave it like this, you assholes. Yep. Yep, it's great. Which in, which in HBO's uh, defense, that would be like a massive Mm-hmm. Like, that would be massive. Well, you know what the, the, big, the big theory is? Because... The, the writer of the book series that's based on George R. R. Martin, he hasn't finished the series yet. The the exactly. the, the show caught up and then passed him. So and now they he had to make up their own ending. Yeah, and now he can be there. He still has two books left to release, and he's like, oh, oh, so that's how you guys are reacting to this. Oh, oh, okay. I will. Hmm. Oh, yes. This is. Now let me let me take these notes down. And it's like a uh, it's like a focus test. For his books, yeah. it's like, oh yes, well this yeah. is this is how I'm going to do the finale in mine instead. <laughs> I know what not to do now. <laughs> yes, oh, it's beautiful. Oh, it's so delicious. I love it. It's like a three course meal. Every article is just no, 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 no. It's great. I love it. It's it's something, man. I love it. So, but that'll do it here for episode two sixty three of the Foreign Affair Podcast. Once again, big thanks to our sponsors: NGSC Sports, Alicia's Pillows and Things, and 
the ultimate sports channel you can find all of them on the social medias uh, as well as us as a collective on twitter we are at afa pod west you are i'm at west branch on 21 i am at edward green you can also check us out on facebook instagram and youtube via our parent show the all new sports show you can also email us at all new sports show at gmail.com um, thanks to all our podcast providers, including Podbean.com, Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the Tune Radio app, Google Play Music, and the iTunes Music Store. Um, we will be back next week um, to, I guess, recap the Europa League final and preview the Champions League final. And, you know, nothing yeah. important in any of those things at all. So yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll see if we can find something to talk about. Um but yeah, we'll have that, and um, and if anything else happens crazy in the transfer market between now and then, we'll be we'll be sure to mention that. Uh, but until then, Wes, before we get out of here, do you have anything else you'd like to add, um, folks? One of me and Edward's uh, favorite times of the year is coming up. We, we sort of touched on it earlier uh, when we were talking about our good old Carolina weather here, mm-hmm. but uh, postseason college baseball. Mm. And this year at East Carolina, I, I got he got a great ranked team right now. Most likely going to end up with a national seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, set a record for the best ever uh, regular season in the AAC conference, the American. Mm-hmm. Um, just a just a fantastic team. Maybe one of, if not maybe the best East Carolina team that we've ever put on the field. So I'm extremely excited this year for my Pirates. Uh, ready for ready for these college uh, baseball playoffs to get going. Um, as you see, we're seeing our conference terms right now. While we're doing this, we've got Mississippi State LSU on, and it's four two in the bottom of the seventh. Oh god, uh, Mississippi State's up. I mean, this is this is great <laughs> baseball, man. This and it's almost it midnight. <laughs> it's almost midnight. Yeah, I mean, this is fantastic. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, so we'll be giving you guys kind of little updates as we go. Along. Mm-hmm course everything everything ends in omaha yes it is and uh my pirates you know you had the great great pleasure a few years ago of seeing your virginia cavaliers win i did almost live on this podcast that's right so you know you've had that magnificent Mm -hmm. um opportunity uh and i'm hoping this year maybe it'll be my opportunity to do it and uh and see my my beloved east carolina pirates uh, if not bring it home, just, hey, make that first ever trip to Omaha would be incredible. So. Would this be their first national seed since, I think, 99? Yeah. 2001. Okay, maybe that's maybe that was what I think. And that was when they made the Super right. Regional and played tennis and lost to Tennessee, right. I think it was. Yes, uh, Chris, Chris Burke in Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, Chris Burke went on to play for the Astros and the Braves. It was a really good uh, and of course, that was uh, before we had this gem of a stadium we have now. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, we played the regional in Wilson at Fleming Stadium. Yep, I was there. I, I worked there. <laughs> <laughs> I worked uh, for the Wilson Times, so I was. And that was awesome. I remember it rained like a month. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. And so they didn't get finished until like God knows right, what right. in the morning. Um, and then we turned around the next weekend and went to Kinston and played at Granger Stadium in the Super Regional. Mm-hmm. Uh, and man, so damn close. Yeah. We're really hoping to do it because that would have been for Coach LeClaire. Yeah. You know, if you know East Carolina baseball, you know the whole story behind Coach LeClaire. If we get to Omaha, I will, I will fill you guys in on it. 
yeah, but, um, it's a good team too. Yeah, I I remember that team. I I knew almost every person on that team. That was yes, yeah. so and, and of course, uh, of course, the designated is now our head coach. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right, Cliff. Cliff uh, is yeah, still the head coach. Yeah, yeah. Cliff's the head coach. Yeah, yeah I mean, Cliff has Cliff has brought us back to prominence. Good old CG. Yeah. Oh, God, I wish I remember what his walk-up song was. I I remember a few of them. Um, I oh, remember. Yeah. Oh, God, I could just about run down that line. Yeah. Warren Caspar. Yep. Uh, Bryant. Bryant. Ward. Bryant Ward. God, Bryant Ward. Um, Clayton McCullough. Yep. Um, shit. Uh, Joseph. Was it Joseph Hastings? Joe Hastings. Yep. Joe Hastings. Uh, Cliff. Mm-hmm. Um. God, uh, Sam Marin was pitching for that yep. group. You know, do, do you remember Foy Minton? Uh, sort of, yeah. Foy Minton is a name that guy, that's like he, he didn't murder his family, but he has really done some bad shit in his life. <laughs> but um, you know, if we'd had Foy Minton, we might have gotten there because that would have been another ace arm for us. Um, but golly, man, yeah, Chad Tracy. Oh, Jesus. Of course, Chad Tracy was the one who had the best career out of all of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I knew Clayton McCullough pretty good. Uh, and yeah, Clayton was a good dude. His dad was yeah, cool, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Uncle Howard. So, yeah. um, And I, I have just some great stories of um, just how fucking insane those, those Rose kids were. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those guys were like medically, chemically like imbalanced in the head. They did some of the dumbest shit you'll ever yeah. hear from. But, buddy, you put those assholes on a baseball field, and Jesus Christ, they could play. Yeah, that was cool, because I remember that team was, it was a lot of, like, homegrown guys, uh, but yeah. they also had, like, the California Juco's come in. And, yeah, like, that was like, Gaspar was a California kid. Lee Delfino. Yeah, yeah Lee Delfino. Oh, hell yeah. That mm-hmm. fucking... um, and, I mean, I think there were, like, God, there were, like, five or six Rose kids on that team. That was when Rose had the pipeline. Yeah. <laughs> And of course, I mean, Jesus, those guys all played for Rose when they finished like third in the country. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they were hellacious players. I uh, really, you know, to this day, the one player that I wish East Carolina had gotten mm-hmm. was Ryan Gordon. Oh, yeah. Ryan Gordon, to this day, I will say it, the best high school baseball player I ever saw. And I saw him go head to head with Josh, mm-hmm. with Josh Hamilton and, and walked out of the park saying, Ryan Gordon's a better baseball player than Josh Hamilton. He just did not have obviously the tools of Josh Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't he wasn't the athletic freak. And don't get me wrong, Josh Hamilton was a phenom. Ryan Gordon, still pound for pound, I think the best high school baseball. Player saw. Wow. Yeah, we've gone Greenville baseball on you guys. Yeah, that's that's to what you top, wanted. To, to all our Balkan fans, we've gone yeah. Greenville baseball. On. Uh, please go go Google that uh, East Carolina team. That was a nutty ass team. Um, so but go do that in your own time because for now this podcast is done uh, thanks so much for joining us here on episode 263 of the Foreign Affair Podcast from McCall and Crime West Bradshaw I am Edward Green thank you so much for joining us here as always until next time stay safe and uh, well yeah, I guess you do have the Europa League final to look forward to and the uh, championship final at some point enjoy the football Woo-hoo! and good night to Azerbaijan we've hammered you enough yeah Sleep tight, boys. Hey, hey, uh, you know, Chelsea might be pulling for uh, for Villa to win that championship playoff, so 
Derby don't come up, and then they can just take uh, Frank Lampard as their new manager. Oh, Lamps! Good old Lamps. Yeah, he could bring JT with him. Oh, man. sponsored by Alicia's Pillows and Things. Check out the Facebook page, Alicia's Pillows and Things, where you will find home decor you will not be able to resist at prices anybody can afford. Check out the pillows and stools of your favorite sports teams. Maybe you want a set of your kid's favorite cartoon or movie character. You can also get full body and neck pillows as well. Log on to NGSCSports.com and go to the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab on the homepage to complete your order. It makes a great gift for Christmas at an affordable price. NGSC Sports. We never stop. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop.